Jones, 30, 35, 40, he's in midfield, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me News Network, and this is the seventh episode of the podcast on October 11, 2012. Well, it's been an interesting week, that's for sure. I know I finally uh, jumped for the Comcast Sports Package. So that involves ESPN goal line and NFL red zone, and my weekend was never the same. Yeah, it's like once you get those, you you just can't have anything else. It's it's wonderful. I love it. It, it is really good. I mean, if you don't know what those are, they're the channels that you know they have the collection of games. Now for ESPN goal line, they really try to keep it in the ESPN family of networks and the college football games that they're covering. But for the NFL, it's you know every NFL game going on that at that time. And they jump between games back and forth where, you know, it's more the most entertaining, basically. And they get you highlights from other games and whatnot. It's, it's perfect. You don't have to channel hop. It's commercial-free. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, how have you been, Joel? I've been doing pretty good. We've got, like, lots of midterms coming up. So Ooh. trying to get through those. But had an interesting, exciting weekend with... The went over Texas. That was mm-hmm. fun. I can kind of relate. I have a literature review due, eight to ten pages or so, to prep for the final paper. That's like twenty, twenty-five pages due at the end of the semester. So mm-hmm. in grad school, you don't really have midterms. You just have papers and reading and more papers. Yeah, and you said that you'd probably you're gonna probably be busier with work now. Right? Yeah, I might be. Getting some more work, you know, full-time as opposed to just intern. Um, Yeah, just intern extensions. But, you know, hopefully that'll be finalized within the next week or so. um, And we'll see how that goes. But I'm I'm really excited. We just had a a meeting with our, or my team today. We were in downtown Detroit and all. And uh, that proved to be, you know, very productive. There are good things ahead. But that's just one part of, the life of <laughs> me. <laughs> um, no, I mean, let's let's get to the sports because that's what this podcast is all about. Uh, we first get into the red zone for this week, and that's where we cover the top three sports stories of the week. And we're going to start with Jerry Sandusky uh, finally being sentenced for his, uh, his you know, scandal that he caused. Um. At least 30 years. Yeah. I mean, for someone his age, that's life in prison, essentially. Um, honestly, it's good to see that he gets what he deserves. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were, you know, having all these things like, oh, he keeps saying that he's innocent and yeah, I'm, you know, not a sex offender and all that. Um. It's uh, it's such a messy situation. Yeah, it's it's kind of like you know, there's plenty of people that you know will never admit to doing something, and um, but I mean, the evidence is so strong against him. It's it almost kind of makes you wonder why he would go on for 15 minutes about 
you know, how he loved these kids and he didn't do anything wrong. It's just kind of weird. Yeah, in his perspective, he didn't do anything wrong. But at the same time, that's not how the world works. Um, gosh, I, I honestly don't know what else we can say. You know, it's tough to find a story this week because there were two pretty strong stories this week, but this one is just one you have to mention um, because it's, you know, crushed a university's athletic program as far as football goes uh, with, you know, the fines they have to pay for the, you know, the four-year uh, postseason ban. Um, you know, it's crushing. Yeah, and but, you know, um, you know, if, if, if you want to, like, say like one positive thing at least it's going on with the university right now is that they you know they had a really big win this weekend um and for you know because there's people that are still fans my brother-in-law is a fan mm-hmm. he went to school there and um you know that they've always loved their football team i mean it's been like a big it's definitely the biggest sport there and um you know right now they're actually not doing too bad compared to how they started the year. Um, and they probably should have even beat Virginia earlier in the year. It's just, um, and now it's now it's starting to show, you know, despite losing all those players and scholarships being reduced, it they're still playing well. I mean, you know, the Big Ten's not really, it's not really an up year, but, I mean, you know, at least for their fans who have gone through all this turmoil and everything, everybody that's involved with the program, they have a little, they have something to, you know, hold on to. Right, like, you know, maybe having a better season. Mm-hmm. So we make the play here is because you know down the sidelines we're all about prediction here in the sports world. Making the play, it's one that is definitely down the road. But we ask, does Penn State make a bowl game once their ban lifts in four years? You know, I mean, it's going to be tough because you know they have the scholarship reductions and. It, you know, it's going to be kind of hard to get players to come there. Like, you know, even if it's like a year or two that they have to not be in a bowl game for them to actually like get to play one later on. So it's going to be tough to recruit, especially, you know, this year, mm-hmm. because those kids, they won't get to do anything really in the postseason. And that's why I think it's going to take maybe a year or two. You know, you have a new staff, too. So it's always tough when you get a brand new staff to come in and recruit. Um, I think I think they'll maybe have a little bit of advantage actually against Pitt because I I don't think that people are very excited about Pitt moving to the ACC mm-hmm. recruiting wise because of um, because I don't know that I really I, I still never really understood why Pitt and Penn State don't play still. It doesn't just, I don't know if Penn State didn't want it or or what exactly, but... Um, it would make sense they did, but... Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I I still think, even with this, they have a recruit advantage over Pitt, just because Pitt's kind of in disarray. You don't know who's going to be the coach there, and, or who's even going to be the athletic director there. So, um, I don't know. I, it, 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 the thing that's kind of good for them right now is that they're... They're starting to have a good season. They're putting together some wins, and it looks like the staff is probably going to stick around. The longer the staff sticks around, the easier it is to recruit, even if you are having recruiting problems, you know, because of bands and stuff. I mean, obviously, Ohio State's going through something that's kind of similar, 
but they're really not having that much trouble recruiting. Well, so, definitely not to the same degree, but yeah, it's different. Um, and so I, I don't know. I think I think that they could, um, as long as the staff sticks together. So I'm going to go ahead and say I think they do, just because I think by that time they'll actually be able to pull recruits in who you know will maybe only have to sit out for a year or two from bowl games. I'll play the devil's advocate here. I'll say they won't. Mm-hmm. Um, they were going to have a good team at the start of this year before all of this Jerry Sandusky stuff happened. And, you know, they have, you know, a good core of players that, you know, decided to stick. Granted, they had, you know, Silas Red leave for, uh, for USC. They had their kicker go to Texas. And, you know, they've felt the effects of some of that. But they still had a, a you know, good core of players. Now... I think those scholarship, you know, reductions are huge. Mm-hmm. And you know, granted, you know, the Big Ten is in a state of flux right now. Um, but I'm I'm just gonna say that they won't. It, granted, it isn't that hard to make a bowl game, especially when you have so many bowl games. But I think you know, if if Penn State makes it through this, and you know, at the end of it, they're you know making a bowl game. And then I think, like, you know, the talk of, you know, oh, maybe the death penalty, blah, 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 is, you know, was completely unwarranted. Mm-hmm. And granted, you know, some people thought that these penalties were still really extreme. So I'll just say they won't. I mean, it, it's four years down the road. It's really just a shot in the dark. Yeah. Uh, how about the 10-yard story here? Um, well, during the, what was it? Who did the Chiefs play? Chiefs um, play the Ravens. They played the Ravens. Yeah. Um, it was a 9-6 game, I believe, really mm-hmm. close. Um, uh, you know, Matt Castle, you turned the ball over a good bit and, um, I guess all season the fans have kind of been, you know, wondering maybe if he'll get benched at some point, but during this game he was, uh, knocked out. He had a concussion. Um, and while he was laying on the, the ground, you know, kind of motionless, apparently some of the chief fans started cheering. And they were excited because they knew that he was going out of the game. And I don't know if I've ever heard of... I've heard of opposing fans during during, during something like that. But I don't think I've ever heard of uh, you know, the home team fans... Which, which let's be honest, it's equally as shameful. I, yeah, I mean, it is. Because, I, I, you know, they mentioned something about... Um, when I think the Cowboys were playing the Eagles one time, um, Michael Irvin got a neck injury, and the Eagles fans cheered or about that or something. Um, well, Philadelphia fans are also a little extreme in their yeah, passion. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it. Michael Irvin, <laughs> he let everybody know anything mm-hmm. that he did. So um, that's one thing, but, I mean, this is a concussion, and... I mean, it. Re- I mean, it really doesn't even matter. Like, I, you know, I think the, you know, the best thing to do in a situation like that is to be quiet, mm-hmm. and then if the person, whenever the person makes it off the field, you clap, you you cheer because they're alive. I mean, people people can die in football. You see it all over the place. You know, neck injuries and 
it's really scary. So okay, I, I was just like, say you don't see dying in football all over well, the place. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you see people getting paralyzed and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's just it's it's kind of scary because these guys are you know they're so strong and fast and they're coming you know head on at each other all the time. It's just it, it's almost surprising that you don't see more injuries. But you know, I think that that's more due to safety precautions that they take nowadays. So well, yeah, I mean, the game is faster. Uh, the players are bigger. It's, you know, it's greater momentum. That's definitely possible cause for more injuries. That's for sure. Um, Kansas City fans who did uh, shame, shame all of them. That's that's horrible. I mean, they did have Eric Winston, their right tackle, basically you know, gather all the media thereafter and call all the fans out who did that. You know, the point of you know that these are these are human beings. They're not gladiators for your entertainment you can say you know what you want because oh yeah you pay for your tickets blah 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 but it's it's still the wrong thing to do to cheer for a player especially on your home team to be injured in such a fashion just because you want them to be again it's brady quinn Brady Quinn is not much to write home about as a backup quarterback i don't know i really don't know what they're so I don't know what they're so excited about, because I mean, I don't. I think it's gonna get worse. Yeah, you have a bad team. I thought you were gonna be pretty good. I had them, you know, somehow winning the AFC West, and you know that would be a surprise. But not with the way they're going, and not if Matt Castle, you know, doesn't start this week. But we have to wonder with all the. You know, in question with the play, and you know, Romeo Cornell is wondering, like, oh, do I make the switch even before this game to Brady Quinn? Will Matt Castle return as the Chiefs' starting quarterback this year? I mean, like, I, I just, I don't really know. I would, I really wouldn't recommend any quarterback return after a concussion in the, in that year that that happened. Mm. Um, the thing is, you see, so like. I'm trying to think. I think Troy Aikman in his playing time had four. Yeah, he had to retire earlier than yeah. a lot of people thought. And um, you know, it it takes a toll on these these guys. And that I mean, that's kind of the point. Like what he was saying is that they do this stuff for your entertainment. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and you know, you think that they owe you something. I, I don't know, but I I don't think that he will. I I mean, as a coach, as is looking you know into the future. I mean, looking at what's going on this season already, I probably wouldn't bring him back anyways. You know, mm-hmm. I I would rest him. I would keep you know if if he's the quarterback that you want in the future. Still, you know, you're not going to want to bring him back that soon. So, looking at this year is kind of a really bad start and maybe a lost cause already. I wouldn't bring him back. I don't. Know, I think it, I don't think it's so much of a lost cause, but. Yeah, after this week is where you got to make that kind of decision. Like if you're going to be making a push for the playoffs, or if your team's in that kind of place, I think he does return. I don't think Brady Quinn is that much of a quarterback, to be honest. And you know, granted, I think he's going to rest for a few weeks. Um, but maybe those you know fickle fans will want Castle back. Yeah, I mean, it depend. It depends on going forward what happens while he's gone if Mm -hmm. they start losing a bunch of games to the point where it it is kind of a lost cause 
it almost makes you wonder if they'll just go out and sign somebody else mm-hmm. and and hold him out the rest of the year. I mean, it and it depends on his progress back too, because it's different. It's different for different people as to like how quickly they can come back from something like that. Yeah, I mean, not all the Kansas City fans, you know, cheered for Matt Castle, their quarterback, you know, lying on the ground from a no. just sustained concussion. But those who did, that's awful. Yeah, I I honestly don't think I've ever at any sporting event I've been at when someone's hurt heard people cheer when somebody got hurt. Mm-hmm. Anyway, five yard story. The most important story this week. You know, playoffs are a big deal for any sport. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also the case for baseball. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, it's a long season. It's 162 games in the baseball season, but playoff baseball, there's something special about it. I mean, every game, every decision, every moment means more. And, you know, last week we gave our picks. We kind of broke down the bracket and all. And we're about a week in to the playoffs now. And we have is it two games, two series. We have just one series right now decided. And we're halfway yeah. through this game uh, today. You know, halfway through a, a fourth set of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first of all, you know, the wild card games um, yeah. had the Cardinals... Uh-huh. Move on. And then we had the Orioles move on. Beating Texas. That was really surprising. Yeah, I was surprised. I didn't uh, see that. And the Cardinals beat the Braves. It was an interesting uh, situation with an infield fly rule that was really controversial. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, shortstop backpedaling and back and back. And he's, you know, in the shallow outfield, and then the umpire calls the infield fly late. Uh, I think it was the wrong call, but at the same time, you know, the Braves were down three or four runs already. Yeah, and I don't think it was going to matter. wasn't going to matter too much. Um, but that it was definitely controversial. They wanted to, um, you know, uh, ch- not challenge, but they wanted to play the game. Oh, what is that word, that rule? I should know because I was an umpire. Mm. Um, they wanted to protest the game. Oh, okay. Uh, and you know, then I don't think uh, Joe Torre, who manages those things for baseball, is just said, you know, "Nope, can't do it. It's a judgment call." And also, plus, you know, they're on a scheduling crunch for these playoffs as it is anyway. They fit so many games, you know, back to back. Yeah, with the back. new games, the new wild card game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was two and zero there on my predictions with mm. the wild cards and. You are not so lucky, unfortunately. Nope. <laughs> Just like how the Cincinnati Reds went up two to two games none in this uh, best of five format, which is weird because they start two games on the road and then go th- uh, three at home yeah. for the uh, higher seeded team. Not like a two two one or anything like that. It's really strange. Uh, but the Reds go up, you know, two to nothing in San Francisco and then come back home to Cincinnati. And then lose three straight to the Giants. So the Giants yeah, move mean, on to the NLCS. After you watch that second game, I don't know how you didn't think they were going to... I mean, 9 nothing, like, on the road. Like, how in the world do they come back home and just look awful? Well, I mean, their ace, too, uh, Cueto, you know, hurt his oblique muscle in the first game and within, like, the first couple innings. And they had to put him uh, on, you know, injured reserve. Not really injured reserve, but... They had to basically, you know, shut him down for the next series. 
And like they would have gotten gotten him back in the World Series if they made it that far, but their pitching was a mess early uh, for yeah. Cincinnati, so that did not bode well. You had them making had the them World Series. I had I thought I had them getting to the World Series. Yeah, getting to the World Series, but not winning. Yeah. So we both had the Tigers, who they started, you know, two games to nothing mm-hmm. uh, at their home. Oakland has won the next two here in game four. Uh, Oakland was down three to one in the bottom of the ninth, and Tigers closer Jose Valverde gives up three runs. You know, not like home runs or errors or anything like that. Just he was awful, just being hit after hit after hit. Uh, and the Tigers blew game four there. Now game five is tonight. Uh, it's 8.30 right now. 9.30 is the start of Game 5, so we'll see if our World Series picks can move on. <laughs> uh, but <won. laughs> the Tigers have Justin Verlander going, and he won Game 1, so we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah. I don't think you'd have anyone else in that situation. No. Um, Cardinals and Nationals play the other side of the National League bracket, and I thought, you know, Nationals would take care of business. I have them making the World Series. Well, Nationals and Cardinals were tied one to one in Game Four. The Nationals down two to one in that series. Jason Worth starts the bottom of the ninth, sees thirteen pitches, and I'm watching this one live, and he knocks the thirteenth pitch out of the park, solo shot, walk off. Mm-hmm. Series is tied at two. Now they play Game Five tomorrow. Another interesting series. You have Orioles and Yankees. Mm-hmm. Uh, we. Both had no. I had the Yankees. You had Texas, yeah, making the wild card and then beating the Yankees. So tough there. But Yankees, uh, it was tied one-one. Yankees win game three when they, you know, Joe Girardi benches Alex Rodriguez, gets a pinch hitter in for him, Raul Ibanez, in the ninth inning, down a run. Ibanez hits a game-tying home run, then hits a walk-off in the twelfth. Pretty unreal there. Yeah. So that game is going on right now. 0-0, bottom of the third. Um, and that is for you. The Orioles have to win it to survive and move it to a game five tomorrow. So we're getting close to deciding the league championship series, and we got to make the play here. Will you make any revised picks on who you think wins the World Series? <sighs> well, considering that like half of my thing is just gone, half mm-hmm. my brackets are just gone um luckily i don't know because i was kind of whenever i had the reds and the tigers in there i was kind of having a hard time deciding so luckily i made a team you know pick on a team that still exists mm-hmm. i mean they got to win a night for now for now <laughs> <laughs> um and I, st- I still think they could do it as long as they they um win there I I don't know. I'm gonna have trouble trying to decide who's going to get there to play them though. If the if they get there, um, I don't know. I really don't know. Just because that again, almost like half the teams I picked are gone already. So um, I don't know. I I still think I I still think I'm going with Detroit to win the whole thing. I'm unfortunately sticking with it, too. Uh, their <laughs> offense has been so terrible. They had the stat, you know, around here in Detroit Sports Radio. 
the first three games here before this game yesterday where they only had a couple more here. But anyway, the stat that only one of the runs that they scored was accounted for based on a hit. Mm-hmm. The rest were, you know, errors, past balls, um, just other weird ways of scoring and only one RBI based on a hit. Yeah, you've got to think that they're gonna they're gonna start hitting the ball. Yeah, and their pitching has been great, aside from awful relief pitching in that last game. But you know, starting pitching has been fantastic. I was gonna and, say if they yeah if they start hitting the ball, they're gonna start killing people. Yeah, like and that that's Just something you need that. in the playoffs. Um, and honestly, like the other teams, you know, Cardinals are have been playing rather well. Uh, but right now they're on the brink. Yeah, it's like everybody looks kind of flip floppy. You don't really know mm-hmm. who's going to show up. Although I'll tell you, if it's an A's Giants World Series, barf on the TV ratings. <laughs> like it's going to be so bad. Just, you're going to have everyone in the Bay Area watching, and nobody else in the country is going to care. And plus, every game is going to be late at night in Eastern Time. <laughs> Everybody oh, will get out their Netflix. There you go, and watch <laughs> something else. Well, it's interesting. I mean, we got to get to now the replay where we've made our you know predictions and picks for football. Uh, you know, for the past week, we start in college football in week six, uh, where you have our had our pick six last week, and we started with Virginia Tech at North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, North Carolina won pretty handily yeah. uh, after Virginia Tech was. Making some special teams blunders. 48-34 there for the Tar Heels. The, uh, Virginia Tech just struggling this year. That, that's it's shocking. I mean, the spread was four and a half. Uh, I thought Virginia Tech like had to turn around sometime. And you know, North Carolina was just too much. And that was very surprising. LSU and Florida, we both called this one here at plus two and a half. Florida in the swamp, fourteen to six over the Tigers. Yeah, and you know, I'll I'll give Florida a lot of credit. I think that they're pretty good. I don't quite think they're maybe on the level of Alabama mm-hmm. um, because they're young. I mean, they're pretty young. Um, but I really think this is more of a case of LSU kind of just being that bad on offense. I mean, they the one deep ball that they completed the entire game they fumbled it <laughs> yeah nice. and kind of that was game over right there i mean they didn't have a chance after that so i don't know they're their quarterback can throw the ball down the field they just don't try mm-hmm. to throw the ball down the field and if you can stop them from running the ball i don't it's kind of surprising because you know with their coach you'd think he'd be a little more crazy with his play calling but nope i don't I don't know if he's just not comfortable with his quarterback or, or what exactly. It's, it's, it's tough to say. Uh, Georgia at South Carolina was a pick but shocking. Shocking <laughs> that South Carolina blew it open in 135-7. That, that was probably one of the... Despite you know it still only being a four-touchdown game, it was just a, a beatdown. I mean, that game, they never even had a chance. 
I'm crushed. I mean, I, Georgia was one of my teams to be really strong in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Just like Florida State. Florida State, my national championship team. Up 16 nothing at half against NC State. NC State scores 17 in the second half. Shuts they, out Florida State. Scores on the last minute. Ah, and, you know, I didn't watch the whole game, but I went back and watched a, a good amount of it. They just they kept their defensive backs so far back and so much cushion the whole game because they were afraid of getting beat deep. They mm-hmm. thought that they could get the because of this quarterback had an arm and I guess maybe a few good receivers. They just dinked and dunked it underneath the whole game. And I mean, but Florida State's also really good running the ball. Yeah. Well, oh, that's not the game we're talking about. I'm sorry. I'm just crushed about Florida State and Georgia. <laughs> Well, I mean, no, we can mention that because it's it was a huge... I mean, it impacts, you know, the national championship. It impacts everything. Well, I don't know. That, your Alabama-Oregon pick is looking pretty good right now. Well, well, I mean, it impacts a lot of stuff because it, it it's surprising that, you know, everybody thought that this was the year, you know, that they could finally get over the hump and win all those games they were supposed to game, but they go back to being Florida... You know, the Florida State that we've seen the past couple of years that loses that game, that they have no... They have so much more talent than the other team, mm-hmm. and they just go in and lay an egg. And it's weird. Like they gave the stat where you know for the past at least you know ten years since nineteen ninety nine, whenever Florida State's gone five and zero, which has been several times, mm-hmm. it's always the sixth game that they lose. Yeah, and wouldn't you know that's the same thing this year? But yeah, Georgia South Carolina shocking. Uh, Gamecocks at home really strong. Uh, West Virginia at Texas. And you, uh, we, you know, what was it? They had a hundred and one thousand or something. They had more people at the game than they had seats. Um, I mean, that's that's common, but well, yeah, but I mean, I guess it was that maybe their largest, their largest crowd or whatever, and maybe I don't know if it's stadium history or just a long time. And so, you know, we usually don't because we're in the Big East. We usually don't play in front of teams that have that many people in their stands or even stadiums that can hold that many people Mm -hmm. um and you know we we kind of you know struggled with their defensive ends because i I mean after watching them those those two ends i mean they're going to be in the nfl they're great um and we definitely had trouble blocking i think we gave up like four sacks and we you know we kind of struggled a little bit um in the first half but i think once we realized that they were selling out to stop you know our passing game so much we just ran the ball right up the middle whole game uh andrew Bowie had over 200 yards rushing which really doesn't happen much in our offense mm-hmm. um but we got the win i guess that's what matters yeah you say like, still struggle uh, struggling the first half still scored 48 points <laughs> There's a meme. There's a <laughs> we have, meme there. We have some... weird expectations now because it's like I think people get spoiled. He threw four touchdown passes, but he only had like, I don't know, like 250 yards passing, and people say it's like kind of a down game. But like, I don't know. I think it was probably one of the better defenses. That Still he doesn't have an interception. Not yeah, good. 24 touchdown passes, no interception. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 48-45, the final there. Nebraska at Ohio State. Uh, minus three. Ohio State just breaks it open, sixty-three thirty-eight. Oh. Um, not, not close at no, all. Not even, and I mean, you. It looks like you're looking at the best team in the Big Ten that 
you know, can't really win the conference. Cannot win the conference. You're right. Although there is talk in the Big Ten, at least at the start of the year, that Jim Delaney, the commissioner of the Big Ten, who was the one who agreed to have Ohio State have those players, the Tattooligans, mm-hmm. uh, play in the Sugar Bowl. Was it the Sugar Bowl? I think, yeah. They played in the Sugar Bowl against Arkansas. Yeah. So that if they do win their division, he would like they'd still get a trophy really? and all that. Shady stuff going Uh-oh. down. Um, uh oh, we can't have that. Like they're they're not going to represent the Big Ten in you know a bowl game. They they can. They're postseason banned for this year. Uh, but well, Jim hey, Delaney's you know, weird. He's you weird. want you as a Michigan fan want them to be as highly ranked as they can be when you play them. Yeah, but I don't want them to beat us. Well, I they have no, more. I mean, they, okay. They don't really have anything on the line. <laughs> True. But, um, you know, again, you can still pull the upset. So I, I'd, I'd say you'd want them to, you know, as, win as many games as they can up until then. That's true. but Just because it's going to help you out a lot. Michigan's got to get by Michigan State first. One rival at a time. Uh, Washington at Oregon. Oregon mm-hmm. at a minus 24 spread and still mm-hmm. covered it. It's the first 21. time I didn't pick them this year. No. I don't know. I should have just looked at that Washington-LSU game and said, if LSU can score that many points against them, then Oregon definitely can. I mean, it was, that was a low-scoring game, but I thought it was thought like 13-9. No, it was it was 35-3 to three at halftime, I think. What? Oregon with LSU? Washington. No, oh no, no! LSU, LSU beat them forty-one to three, I think. Really? Yeah, at the okay. beginning of the year. Okay, yeah, I guess so. And that's why everyone thought LSU was good. Right. Who is it that they kept, they beat Stanford? I don't know. Yeah, they beat Stanford. Oregon's really good. Case closed. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the extra point was Miami at Notre Dame minus twelve and a half, and Miami's defense. Oh is my gosh! So bad. Forty-one Jeez. to three was the final there. Yeah, I because I really don't think that's saying much about Notre Dame's offense because they still I still don't think they're very good on offense. I think Stanford will kind of show us that this week, um, mm. but that game was not even close. Yeah, Purdue at uh, sorry Michigan at Purdue plus three. Uh, Michigan scored and scored often, and mm-hmm. it wasn't that close. 44-13 final score. Um, you know, Purdue was you know seen as, you know, one of the better schools in the Big Ten this yeah. year. Kirk Herbstreit was like, oh yeah, I'm a division champion for Purdue, and kind of got showed up a little there. I, uh, Kirk I That's Herbstreit. Michigan's best win by far. Uh, yeah, so far. That's for sure. Um... Yeah, I mean, that was. I'm glad I, I picked them <laughs> in that one there. Uh, the NFL in Week Five: Philadelphia at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh won the game, sixteen to fourteen, but the spread was three and a half. Yeah, they did. Like I kind of, I watched the very end of it, and when Philly scored that touchdown, at the end of the game, I was like, oh damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and that was a, like a last-second field goal there to win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, Atlanta at Washington plus three. Atlanta wins 24-17. Uh, RG3 
went out with a concussion. Yeah. Uh, Michigan State alum Kirk Cousins enters the game. I'm watching it on Red Zone. And I'm thinking, like, okay, you know, <laughs> Michigan State fans here. And I'm like, all right, Kirk Cousins, it is now your time to shine. you got to make it happen. And he throws an interception. I'm like, oh, well, that's funny. Uh, but then they get the ball back. I'm like, all right, Kirk Cousins, take two. It's your moment. It's your time to shine. He throws another interception. Yeah. Granted, he did throw his you know first career NFL touchdown, a 77-yarder to Santana Moss. Uh, but uh, Washington needs RG3. Yeah, Atlanta got away with that win. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if he stays in the game, they might not have won. They're still unbeaten, though, so yeah. can't deny that. Seattle at Carolina, minus three. Seattle wins 16-12. to There's a weird safety situation there. They're trying to play some little gamesmanship. At the end, I'm thinking, like, oh, well, if if Carolina scores here, then they cover. Mm-hmm. So I was hoping, um, but you know, Seattle did get that one there. Yeah. Uh, their Den- defense. defense. Yeah, the de- their defense is... Pretty strong. Uh, Denver at New England. Denver almost made a game out of this with a six and a half spread for New England as the favorites. Uh, Patriots pull it out though, thirty-one to twenty-one. Yeah, I mean that. I actually think it was closer than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denver's defense. I don't know. I thought that they would give up more points just because New yeah. England looked so good the week before. Oh sure. But, uh, I mean, if Willis McGahee, you know, catches that ball on fourth and one. Yeah. I think you're looking at a completely different game here. Mm-hmm. San Diego at New Orleans. Drew Brees gets the uh, consecutive NFL games with the passing touchdown record, passing Johnny Unitas. Uh, minus three and a half spread. New Orleans wins 31-24. Didn't they let Sean Payton come no, see Watch, yeah. Or something? Yeah. I mean, they did that. and They also revised some of the suspensions there, but... Jonathan Vilma is still suspended for the whole year. That's a weird situation going right down right now. And they have to they're gonna still appeal that and hmm. mm-hmm. uh, Monday Night Football Houston at the New York Jets plus nine. Uh Jets, you know, they a lot of analysts saying, you know, give it the old college try. They played, you know, pretty well yeah, for did. how bad they are. I think it was Houston just really playing down to their level. Houston won twenty three to seventeen, so they did not cover. I you know, I think it's like it's strange now that, you know, We've gotten to that point where Houston doesn't even have to come out and play very hard, and they win games. I remember when, if they didn't show up, they got blown out. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I mean, we had a decent weeks. Um, let's see. You are still a game up on me uh, in college football. Nineteen and twenty-three. You are twenty and twenty-two. And you caught up with me in the NFL. We are both fourteen and sixteen there. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as leaders, you know, Major Moses just looks so good right now in uh, the college football. Mm-hmm. 18 and 10, I think. I got to check these for sure. Yeah. And Skull Jumper uh, got to 500. Yeah, he did. I think in, in both of his, uh, you know, college football and NFL. So props to him. That's really good. Now, does he have Houston? Um, he is representing Houston. Okay. That's right. Yeah, you got to 21 and 21 in college football and 15 and 15 in NFL. Uh, where you know, Major Moses is now up to 22 and 13 mm-hmm. in college football, and that is impressive. Yep, that's really good. Um, 
so let's get to the picks this week. Uh, we're going to do a couple sentences uh, to follow it up. We can't really be spending too long. We could, I'm sure we could talk for hours, but we've got to keep this podcast short and sweet because don't want to drag it on too long. So pick six for week seven of college football. First game at 12 noon Eastern. Yeah, that is <laughs> noon Eastern time. It's at the Cotton Bowl, uh, so a neutral site uh, for Texas at Oklahoma. Yeah, um, you know this game used to be prime time. Oh yeah, I mean it. It just kind of kind of shows you like how things have kind of shifted with TV contracts and you know big games going on like that. Um, I this one's really difficult for me to pick. I mean, we get to play both these teams. We just played Texas, so I you know got to look at them. Um, and I, I agree with everyone's assessment that they have lots of athletes. I mean, on de- on the defensive side of the ball, they're loaded on defense. It just seems like they're so out of position they can't make tackles, just miss tackles. Um, and if you are having trouble running the ball and you play Texas next, then you're not going to have trouble running the ball. Um, you can run the ball right at them. So, and Oklahoma's not doing very well running the ball. Um I kind of just want Oklahoma to win because it'll. I would like them to win all their games up until they play us, hmm. um, which would be huge. But then uh, that assumes you'd have to win all your games too. Yeah. Um, the uh, oh, let's see. Last week against Texas Tech, Oklahoma. You know they kind of. Everybody thought Texas Tech had a pretty good defense, but um, Oklahoma shredded it. <laughs> so I think that. I don't know. I think even with that speed, like it, on the defensive side of the ball, I think Oklahoma will pull out this Red River rivalry game. Interesting. I have Texas. I think if you hung with West Virginia that close, um, I- I'm calling for the upset here. I think Texas will beat Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. You know, minus three is, is is pretty close. Yeah. Um, I hope it's a close game. Yeah. So I, th- I think Texas gets this one. Um, I know it's you know losing a close one at West Virginia, but you gotta you gotta bounce back here. And you know Oklahoma is talented, but it's a neutral site game, and I think you know that helps Texas, you know, mm-hmm. closer vicinity and whatnot. Wisconsin at Purdue minus two and a half, also at noon on Saturday. Purdue coming off a tough loss here, and you know Wisconsin did play Illinois. Uh, you know not the best. If you look at their you know schedule. They have, you know, I think they're four and one or something like that. Um, you know, the loss was to Nebraska, mm. and you know that was a game that they should have won. I, I may be mistaken what the record is, but like it's it's better than what we'd think. Uh, you know, after like this this tough start, so they're probably not four and well, one. Well, they I think they also lost to a Pac twelve team, right? Yeah, that's not, oh yeah, right. I'm sorry, you're right. They lost to Oregon State. And then uh, Nebraska, and you know both good, are good teams. Yeah. So probably like four and two then, or something like that. That makes more mm-hmm. sense. Um, so I have Wisconsin in this one. I think you know, even though Purdue is at home, um, that's a tough loss that you just, you know, just had that blow from Michigan there. Um, and you know two and a half. I think you know, Wisconsin gets this one also on the road. Yeah, they um, they're starting to get their problems fixed on the offensive line, so that you know, ball doesn't have to run over five people <laughs> to get two yards. Um, I, 
I, I, I like him in this game, too. I think Michigan kind of exposed Purdue for, you know, at least their defensively mm-hmm. what they are. And, you know, they kind of had trouble scoring, too. So I, I think mainly I just don't think they'll be able to stop Wisconsin on the ground. So I'm going to go with Wisconsin. Sounds about right. Uh, Stanford at Notre Dame, minus 8 at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. This is the game that's getting the game day coverage, but it's not on ABC. That's kind of how they're doing things now with TV contracts and stuff. Um, is it? Is that yeah. the, where the game day's at? Yeah, I, it, yeah, that's where they are. Huh. Despite it being on NBC. Right. Um, you know, this, this will be... I think this will be uh, a very physical game, both... For, both defensive fronts are extremely tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably two of the best in the country. Because um, you saw, I mean, you saw what Stanford did to USC. They just manhandled them up front. Yeah. And um, I, I think I kind of like Stanford's offensive line more in this one. Um, I'm not necessarily saying that they'll win. But I think they'll make the game close enough that I'll take them in mm. this game. Um, and, you know, this is another really big test for Notre Dame. We'll get, actually get to see what their deep, what their offense is like. I mean, once they go up against a good front. So, But I've got Stanford at least covering in this. Interesting. I think Notre Dame's too hot right now. Um, and their defense is playing very well uh, with Manti Teo there in the middle of the linebacking core. Um, you had a pretty good tune-up there as far as your offense goes against Miami. Mm-hmm. And I think that can carry over. Um, I think you know, the passing game is going to be pretty key here, whether it's you know Everett oh Wilson or if it's Tommy Reese at quarterback. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I still think, you know, that, that Notre Dame, um, you know, up front, that is their strength on defense. There is, there's holes in that secondary. They just haven't played a team that can expose it yet that has enough time to get it off, like get the ball off. Mm-hmm. I think Stanford's offensive line is good enough to, to pass protect for him. And he had, a, I mean, he had an amazing game last week. So well, it'll, it'll be interesting. Interesting. More Pac-12 stuff here. USC at Washington plus 11.5 Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Give me the Trojans in this one. Mm-hmm. I, they're still a good team. Uh, you know, they granted they had that shakeup against Stanford, and Washington is, is solid as well. But I don't think you can get away from the talent that USC has. Uh, granted, it was a little shaky against Utah, um, but I think that might have been in Utah. I don't know. I don't think you know eleven and a half is that big of a spread like you know some previous spreads earlier in the season were for USC so I'll give me the trojans here their um yeah their receivers are really good i just don't think washington can cover the receivers um and um like i think they i don't i think they'll have trouble running the ball but i don't think they can cover the receivers um i I'd, I'd say they probably win by at least two touchdowns mm-hmm. so i got USC South Carolina at LSU, minus two and a half. This is Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. These are two teams going in the opposite direction, Um, at least performance-wise. LSU had their worst performance, and South Carolina, I mean, 
looks like the other team to beat in the SEC right now. Um, and, uh, you know, I know it's at LSU. That's a tough place to play. Um, I just, I, offensively, I don't know what LSU does. I mean, you, you thought it was running the ball, but once they played a good defensive front, they couldn't run the ball at all. So, and South Carolina, I think, has a better defensive front, front than Florida. Um, and a better offense than Florida. So, um, I've got South Carolina winning this. Mm. Now, I totally agree. It makes sense for the pick. But, you know, coming off the best game and the worst game, respectively, I think it's got to balance out somehow. And you got to think. It's at night, in the bayou, and so few teams come away with road victories there at that t- at that time. Um, I have LSU, uh, but not by more than you know the the two and a half spread. Uh, just because I think that home that home field advantage at night is unique in the SEC, even though you know. Football logic would dictate that you know South Carolina is definitely playing better right now. Yeah, it's about I, atmosphere. I, yeah, I mean, it, and the thing is, if LSU wins that, they're right back in the race. So, mm-hmm. um, it's a huge game. I'd say even bigger than what happened last week. Oh, for this sure. Will, this will pretty much decide everything. If South Carolina wins, it's over for LSU. So, yep, yep, yep. Um, interesting matchup here. You know. 22 and 23 ranked teams here. Texas A&M at Louisiana Tech, plus nine, Saturday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I'm, I'm picking the Aggies. I don't know how I can pick Louisiana Tech in a game like this. I was shocked that they're undefeated right now in the WAC. And, you know, um, if this game had been played when it was supposed to be played at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. um, you got... They got moved because of the hurricane. Right. Um, I probably would have went with Louisiana Tech because I really didn't know much about A&M, you know, going into the season. But I know that, you know, Louisiana Tech had a really good year last year. Um, at least they finished the year strong. Um, but I'm going to go with A&M just because you look at their one loss and it's to Florida. Mm-hmm. And it was a close loss. That was they a were, really close one. They yeah. were leading the whole game. A&M looks so much better than I thought they would going into SEC play. Um, they're just they're really good up front. Their quarterback's going to be a star in the SEC. Um, and, you know, I really like them, and I, I think that they can cover that spread. Mm-hmm. That's at 9 p.m. Eastern. The extra point this week, you know, both of our you know, represented teams, we're going to be picking our own games here very shortly. Uh, but for those of you... You're picking Oregon State at BYU minus six. Now, now for our, our pick's sake, but what do you think about that game? Um, I still like Oregon State, but BYU has a really good defense. I mean, if you've gotten to watch them play it all this year, they really have not given up that many points at all. Um, I mean, really, the only reason Boise State beat them at all is because um, they gave up like a uh, they threw like an interception for a touchdown or something mm-hmm. to Boise State. So. Um, I actually think um, I think that b- later on that BYU Notre Dame game is going to be a lot closer than people think. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go with Oregon State just because I, you know, I, I really like what they're doing um, offensively and and defensively this year. Um, and 
I don't know. I mean, they they to me look like they might be the second best overall team in the Pac-12. Which, if you would have said that at the beginning of the year, people would think you're crazy. I think you got to watch out for some danger here, and maybe even do some research. I'm pretty sure Oregon State just lost their quarterback for the rest of the season. You um, did? I think so, um, and that can't be good. So, danger here. I, I'm t- I would take BYU, but then again, it's not our pick. Um, I get to look at Illinois at Michigan minus 23 and a half. Now, Illinois is the worst team in the big 10. Mm-hmm. I think coming off a big week, you know, against Purdue where you had a 31 point spread when it was initially a three. Um, I think 23 and a half is attainable for Michigan and they really have to gear up for the week after where Michigan state comes into town. Um, give me Michigan with this spread here. Yeah, um, they're not. <laughs> Illinois is not good. Nope. And and Michigan's offense is looking, it's you know it's looking like it should have mm-hmm. the whole year. Yeah. So, um, so I'm gonna go with um, for my pick for the West Virginia Texas Tech game. I'm going with us, and I think I think uh, you know three and a half is pretty easy to cover. I don't uh, know how it's three and a half against Texas Tech. Well, I. I almost think that it's that that very overused phrase trap game, mm. you know, in between the Texas and Kansas State games. Right. Um, you know, on the road, it's the furthest that we'll travel for a game if you don't include probably a bowl game. And um, I don't know. I mean, before you know, before Oklahoma, you know, laid it on them last week. Texas Tech was undefeated. Um, right. And they had, I think they were one of the only teams in the country to have a top 10 rated offense and defense. But as we saw last week, their defense is not, once they play a good offense, it's not very good. Yeah, like they didn't really play anyone for that defense there. And so. So I think they'll have the same exact problems everybody else has when they play us, and um, they won't be able to cover our receivers. So, and now, I mean. Now that there's that threat of the running game, it's almost, I'm almost wondering how teams are going to try and defend us. If they're going to just try and keep that running game, take that running game away, or they're just going to double cover, you know, Tavon and Bailey and mm-hmm. hope for the best. So I, I got us winning this. All right. Uh, the NFL Week 6. We're going to start at 1 p.m. Eastern with Dallas at Baltimore, minus 3.5. Um, I'm going to have the Ravens here. Mm-hmm. Um, still a strong team. A bit of a down week last week, and they still get the win at Kansas City. Um, back at home, Dallas is struggling a bit. And granted, they're coming off the bye, but there are issues there when your last game was Tony Romo throwing five interceptions. Not yeah. saying he's going to do that again, uh, but I think Baltimore is just too good of a team this year. Yeah, and you know, Dallas really needs to figure out their offense because their defense is pretty much carrying them mm-hmm. um they i mean statistically they have one of the better defenses in the uh, statistically they have a better defense in baltimore it's kind of weird it's like you would think dallas's offense is carrying them but no baltimore's offense is carrying them and um you know i think they just have too many playmakers i don't think dallas can keep up with them scoring wise um so i've got the ravens and you know it's at home mm-hmm Detroit at Philadelphia, minus four at 1 p.m. Eastern. What do you think here, Joel? Um, I think i got to 
go with Philadelphia um, just because Detroit is really struggling right now. Yeah, Detroit hasn't shown me anything this year to believe in them. Calvin Johnson does not have a touchdown reception so far. Madden curse! <laughs> um, you know, Philadelphia finds ways to win games. Yeah. Um, it's really simple like that. And granted, you know, they have been close, but I don't think Detroit is a team that on the road they can keep things close. Yeah. With the Eagles. So, yeah, it can be Philadelphia. New England at Seattle, plus three and a half at 405. New England. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Seattle's a team that can stop them, although, you know, the you know the, the 12th man is a, a pretty big deal there. Although, I think the way Tom Brady has that offense clicking right now, and the defense is actually stepping up for New England, too. Yeah. They're getting pressure. Uh, you, know, you have a young quarterback in Seattle. I think that's going to be too much. And a three and a half, I think, should be an easy cover for the Patriots. Yeah, uh, Seattle's offense just is not very good. And it's kind of, at least, they can run the ball a little bit, but um, they really don't have the threat of a passing attack. Um, they just don't have many go-to receivers. And, um, you know, the thing with Tom Brady is that even if you can get pressure on him, he'll take the underneath routes. He'll take whatever whatever's there. You he's know, that's why the ball in like a second though. Exactly. I mean, he rarely there. gets hit because usually the ball's out of his hands, and if you hit him, it's a personal foul against mm-hmm. you. So, you know, he's very experienced. He knows how to handle the pressure, and I think he will. And I've got New England. This is the game of the week here in the NFL for sure. New York Giants at San Francisco. Minus five at 425 Eastern. What do you think? Well, you know, past couple weeks, San Francisco's kind of shown that they're, you know, they've kind of come down to earth. And I I think that they've just got to go back to, you know, their basics and, and, um, playing solid defense and running the ball. And I think as long as they can, as long as they can, you know, have a good enough performance on defense and move the ball consistently. I think, I think the Jets will. I think the not the Jets, the Giants will make a mistake before they do, and I and I've got them winning this game. So you have San Francisco. I want to pick San Francisco, but I think five is too much. And for a game that I think is going to be really close, because the Giants have their offense going really well right now. The defense is playing well enough. Uh, just like how San Francisco's defense is really strong and the offense is playing well enough. Mm-hmm. Um, special teams will be important here. I think it's going to be really close. And I think that five-point spread is seems a bit strong in San Francisco's favor. Mm-hmm. So while I, I can't say that the Giants will get the upset, I'm picking the Giants for the sake of the spread. Mm-hmm. Green Bay at Houston. Oh, Green Bay, you know, two and three. That's a tough test to go into Houston. Minus three and a half, and it's the Sunday night football game on NBC at 8.20 p.m. Eastern Time. Give me the Texans. Um, you know, granted, Green Bay has been playing a little better as of late. Um, but Houston, I don't think you can stop them, especially at home right here. Oh, and I think even if it does get into a shootout, they can outshoot Green Bay this year. Um, you know, again, Houston kind of... Last week they played down to their 
the level of their opponent. And I think that I think that's kind of how they are. I think they kind of play to whoever they're playing against. So I think if Green Bay comes out firing, I think Houston will fire right back. And heck, I mean that could be. That's what I hope. I hope it's like a you know like a forty forty five game or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, it's at Houston, so I've got them winning. I think JJ Watt has a monster game against that mediocre at best Green Bay offensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, the Monday night game: Denver at San Diego minus one. It's more or less a pick'em here in the NFL. Eight thirty p.m. Eastern on Monday. I've I've got Denver. They're just they're better than San Diego, mm-hmm. and it's kind of that they've got they've got better quarterback. I mean they I think they've got better defense. Um, despite it being on the road, I I think I think this is where Denver kind of you know puts themselves at least in a better position in their division. Yeah, and Denver is one game down to San Diego right now. Uh, I think they get that game back, though. I've got Denver. Uh, They're starting to get the chemistry together with Peyton Manning and that offense, and the defense is playing well enough. Um, I think Denver is a strong pick here uh, on the road. Especially with that spread being so close. Mm -hmm. Well, one way or another... One of us will have a game up on each other in the NFL with the Giants-San Francisco difference, although we have all the other picks the same. And our college football picks are looking pretty different. Yep. So that's a good thing. Uh, it's always nice when, even though you know we don't see each other's picks, we just let it rip on the show. Um, it's good to see at least some difference there. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, it should be an exciting week. Um Goodness, with so many other things going on. And then we have Yomacon at the end of uh, the month for the Show Me Your News Network and all that entails with all the different sminjas coming out. Uh, that's going to be really, really exciting. Can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be an exciting couple of weeks leading up to it. Uh, that's for sure. Um, we hope that you, you know, enjoy games, You know, pick well, and hope those turn out well for you. Uh, Anyway, with that, I am Peter. And I'm Joel. We hope you enjoy the week in sports. Let's go, Tigers!